Hello everyone, I just wanted to record a quick disclaimer at the top of this episode. This episode, and I would imagine a few episodes after this, you will notice a wide variety of audio quality. And I just wanted to ask you to have patience with us as we get more experience and better equipment. I think the content of this episode is very worth listening to. So I would implore you to listen to it anyway and have faith that we know the audio quality isn't the best right now, but we are endeavoring to make it better. In short... Be gentle, it's our first time. Now, on to the show. One, two, three, go! So, at, you know what, let's start out in, how about we go around the table, uh, introduce yourselves, and give us what you do in the industry. Uh, I'm Georgia. I have been a exotic entertainer, or dancer, stripper, whatever you want to say. I've also worked as a hostess and a waitress. My name is Amanda, and I have been a hostess, a waitress, and I'm a bartender at Strip Club for five years. I am Hannah, and I am a former bartender, cocktail waitress, and uh, hostess um, at a strip club for about five years as well. So you've all been behind the lines. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the trenches. <laughs> the, pits of, the pits of despair, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah, so when uh, Kat and I started this, the idea was we wanted to get kind of like everything <clears throat> behind the scenes, and you really can't do that unless you have people who are actually behind the scenes. First thing I'd like to say is we got the questions that we're going to ask today on, online from somebody that sent them in. So if you have questions that you would like asked on the show, send them to info at behindthemeatcurtains.com and there's a good chance that we'll put it on the show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Do you have anything you want to add before we get around to the questions? No, I'm ready. All right, go ahead. All right, who do I ask first? Ask it as a whole, and we'll just kind of go around. Okay. What was your... So my first I've seen it all thing was the day that that girl's tampon fell on that guy's poor fucking forehead while getting a lap dance. Uh, Just to be clear, so the audience knows, the question is, what was your first I've seen it all? I've seen it all. And this is after, like, 11 years of working there. So... (laughs) Oh, finally, I clicked off the entire bucket list. This bad, this batshit crazy woman is doing a lap dance, and she stri- goes above the guy, spreads her legs, and her tampon falls out, knocks him right on the forehead. <laughs> and Did it leave a mark? Um, I don't know, but she offered him. She's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, but I'll give you a free dance. He's like, I'll decline that offer. <laughs> And at the same time, this poor new girl was probably her second lap dance of ever, of ever, was getting thrown up on by a customer, and the only way you could see the vomit on the back of her was in the black lights. So, all this is happening at once, but, what's her name, right? Yeah. 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 She offered the guy a free lap dance. 
She when she stormed out of the building on her last night, her last words to us were "fuck you, small town." Oh. <laughs> we want to have shirts made. Yeah, all class, all class. Peed in that girl's purse, right? No, somebody no. peed in her purse. I love <laughs> well, that I on that note. Uh, my favorite thing to tell girls when they're mad at somebody is uh, go piss in her bag because that has been a lot. It's a long time stripper anger thing is you piss in that girl's bag. So you and I have heard many, many stories, many stories of girls pissing in each other's bags. Oh, I've heard of girls putting fish oil in the girl's lockers. Oh. Yeah. Um, How's this doing for everyone's fantasies? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, cutting shoes. We had Stuff a dancer, n- dude it. number two in someone's bag. Do you not remember that? <laughs> yes, shit in someone's bag. Oh, I'm all <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was her dancer name. That's if she's the, she is the, the Asian yeah. who dances the country music who bedazzled her ankle monitor. Yes, she did. Oh, I'm not Say that three times. Oh, she wasn't bedazzled her ankle monitor. Like, Well, I mean, Lindsay Lohan put, like, <laughs> designer purses on her ankle monitor, so I wouldn't put it past somebody, but, uh... I mean, making the best of a bad situation. Yes, yes, it's good. Um, so that was my... Aha! Moment. <laughs> and you said that happened in the same night. At the same time. The, the, I yeah, that happened at the same time. And then she was like, oh, the tampon fell out. It happens to everyone. And I was like, no, if I'm using this as my aha moment, no, I've been at a strip club for 12 years. Absolutely not. This doesn't fucking happen. Thought to yourself, this is it. I've peaked in my career. Not yet. I'm still there. <laughs> I mean, I have a few different stories, but I think the one that takes a kick for me was I was in the bathroom, and this is, I mean, the girls, we would, that was like our little safe space. That was the only spot that didn't have cameras in the whole club, this particular one I worked at. And uh, we're in the bathroom. Some of the girls are partaking in some extracurricular activities. So it's not unusual to see a little baggie with some white substance in it. Um, This woman pulls out a crack pipe. (laughs) She smokes crack in the bathroom in front of all the girls. She's a customer, and we all just kind of don't realize what's going on. And then on second thought, we were like, did she just smoke crack? <laughs> she didn't offer anybody any crack. And you know, but it, but it was like a whole, like she did the whole thing, like the pipe, the lighting it, the twist in the pokey or whatever you want to call it. Like the guy was just, I was dumbfounded. And I remember going to my manager and being like, hey, I think this woman was smoking crack in the bathroom. And he's like, no, I didn't see it. Don't worry about it. And I was like, maybe we should, you know, vet things a little better. But yeah, I was probably pretty close to it. What about you? Oh, yeah, again, so many. Um, <laughs> Where does one begin? The pukey one was one of my favorites. But uh, yeah, the dollar bill queef, that one, that one has to probably do it. That's when the um, the dancer was laying on her back. And there was only a few customers there actually at the time. And they were all women, which is really funny <laughs> on the stage. And... The next thing, she puts the dollar bill between her legs, and all of a sudden, you just see it 
fly up into air and do a little like twirl and come back down and the girls that were sitting on stage were cheering they're so happy (laughs) i saw i have the video on my phone the security video and it's like this girl is just like it makes me very happy does there's a lot of gross moments you know like the tampon one but i feel like that one is just like it's just a happy moment for everyone (laughs) oh let's see so mine is probably uh (laughs) well christmas was yeah that christmasy was definitely up there we'll we'll wait for the the christmas yeah i don't think i don't think because i was i was actively like experiencing like i was in that one so i wasn't like this is I've seen everything. This is like, I've done everything. (laughs) That was was more of a, what am I doing with my life moment? Um, But my number one, like, I've seen everything moment was probably at the end of the night when we turn all the lights on and I was waitressing this night and you go around and you, you know, take all the wheelie chairs and you spray them down and clean every surface in the building because people are disgusting, obviously. And I took out one of the wheelie chairs and I go to wipe it down and I see this, this imprint. And I'm like, what is that? And on closer inspection, it is a perfect imprint of a vagina and butt and like everything. And it's glittery. Like it was, there was, there was clit. There was glitter all it was over a- it. And we knew instantly who it was because there was only one girl working that night that just she liked to accessorize, so she just used this glitter I, all I over. I back in the dressing room, and she'll be asking me, can I get, like, a rock star? As she's, like, dusting her butthole <laughs> with a bottle of glitter, and I'm, like, in the mirror, just, like, like a salt <laughs> It's also in stripper code to never wear glitter. So that is an she, interesting she point. There were there, there are customers. Yeah, I know yeah. it pisses off their wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, pulling out that chair and seeing that was I mean did I, show you the I didn't know such a thing day? was possible. What? You did, yeah. All of that makeup when mm. the, the fish I mean, she was wearing a full face of makeup on her ass. <laughs> that was <laughs> I I believe that was interesting. I have seen many an entertainer apply all sorts of products to their body that I don't think necessarily need to be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe not exactly where they belong. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, after the whole thing that she went through with the the glitter, we call yeah, it glitter, glitter. Yeah. Um, I want to do um a non-abrasive glitter for girls' lady bits. Well, they <laughs> well there is a service called the Vajazzle. So it is a professional service in Wait. which you can get your vagina bedazzled. It's called... a service, though. It's not like a makeup. It's, like, it's not a like, makeup, but it is. It like for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got when I, during COVID. Copyrighted now. Copyrighted. I, I, I have the domain. I have the website. Okay, I have done anything. Oh, that's right. I, got, I, I was drunk at 9 in the morning during COVID when we were shut down. Oh, no. I got kittyclitter.com. Yeah. You know what? Well, I think, I mean, I think it's a great idea because you can, when you get a a Brazilian wax, you can get a glitter tattoo put on your fresh, uh, you know, beaver, your, yeah, Yeah. your, your clam, whatever we want to (laughs) like, I don't like anything, I don't want anything fishy around there. Well, beaver sounds like BV. 
fluffy, but like Lance looked like thing she was buck teeth. That's not she. I don't know. Well, at least it doesn't smell like a clown. I want to do that. <laughs> I want to do an episode of CSI Stripper now, where you take like the glitter print. And, like, if, <laughs> I have, I do have a story in in particular about a fishy odor and a Yelp review. <laughs> and this this pertains somebody that I am very close to, and I I know she wouldn't mind me sharing this story. And I could read the full review if anybody cares. <laughs> I'm looking up. Absolutely. Um, oh, I, I will. I can find it. And uh, it is. Is it about the club that we work at? No, it is. Uh, it's about somewhere else in in the country. Um, it is a Yelp review. So we've narrowed it down to America. <laughs> I, I will. I will leave it at. I will leave it at that. Okay. Next question. How has your time in the industry shaped your views on the sex industry? Uh. Well, for me personally. Uh, when I first started working there, I suddenly, I think, discovered the power of being a woman, honestly, because I had, you know, service mostly, and I was seeing, like, some of the most beat women in the world make more money than I could even think of making in a night, and I was like, damn, there's really somebody for everyone. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, if she can make money... Then fuck yeah, I can too. <laughs> so you are Yeah, absolutely. It made me feel great about myself, yeah, and it true. makes you feel like you have some sort of like power there. Absolutely. One of the questions I'd like to ask, and I'd like to ask all of you guys, because I think it's a strip club is a unique place to work. Gentlemen's club. Gentlemen's club. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never actually been in a strip club. I've only been in gentlemen's club. But what? What brought you to working there, and what was your first? What was your first impression? Were you like, uh, "Oh, this is like were you taken aback?" Like I, like I said in a previous episode, I grew up in a really like conservative Christian household. Same here. So, like, if I, you would have taken me way back then, and what, what's happening? You know? <laughs> well, I think my my story is unique in that I purposely sought that job out. I went there frequently and bended basically everybody that worked there to the point that... As a customer. Yeah, as a customer, to the point where the girls were like, why don't you apply? Why don't you work here? And I came back every day for two weeks and bothered the managers and was like, when hire me, when are you going to hire me? And eventually, when I came in one night, Ian was like, Steve's going to call you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like walked away from me and I was like, Nice. So what inspired you to, like, seek out that So, again, a weird story. Um, I dropped out of college, kind of by force. Also, I didn't know what to do with my life. And I still don't. No. (laughs) I still don't. Um, But this town doesn't have a ton of opportunity for people that don't have careers. And so I basically said, where can I make the most money in town right. with the limited skills that I have? And I mean, I'm like, I'm not the worst looking ever, so like maybe this place. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so that was really it. And uh, But obviously, since you were a customer going in there, nothing like shocked you by the time you had. Well, no, I still was definitely shocked because yeah. uh, I saw things that I never would have seen as a customer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. So, how did you end up there? Um, 
mine is like exactly opposite of her story. <laughs> um, I never thought I would work there in a million years. <laughs> I went in there like once as a customer, and then one time I saw that they were hiring online, and I was. I was actually married, and my husband's like, there is no way in my dead body you're working there. He was very controlling. And so I I was like, whatever, I'm just going to go for it. I saw they were hiring online. So I responded, and the manager was like, send us a picture of yourself. And I was like, fuck these guys. What the <laughs> fuck? No. So I was like, yeah, nope, not doing it. And then a couple years later, um, I was bartending at a restaurant that closed down, and so Everyone that worked there kind of separated. I ended up at a country bar that I hated working at here in town. And my best friend actually started working at it. And she's like, you have to do it. Come over here. And I was like, nope, no way, no way. And finally, I decided I was going to leave my husband. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. Give me a job there. And I started working there. And it was... Yeah, like I was not a, never a customer, so <laughs> everything was very brand new to me. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, <laughs> it was intense. But were you pretty innocent when you went in there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say I was pretty innocent. I also grew up with a <laughs> pretty Christian Baptist Christian family. Like, I'd been to a strip club in Portland, but I still have never really been to a lot of strip clubs, and I was very innocent when I started there. It changes. <laughs> it's interesting because uh, I went back recently into like my little box of you know memorabilia from my childhood, and I, when I graduated eighth grade, my friends had all written in my little yearbook that I was most likely to become a stripper or. <laughs> Um, to be a teen mom, I did make it out of the teen momhood, but I did end up a stripper. And uh, I remember when I I had it was the first time I moved out, and my friend was like, "Hey, I started working at a strip club. You should come audition." And I was like, I had already wanted to do it. I'd already bought the shoes, but I was like, too chicken shit to do it. And I just went into it. And for my experience, is probably very different than a lot of people who get into the industry, at least on on my side, where you oftentimes you go in and they just look at your body or they make you get on stage. My actual like interview or my audition was a five hour shift. I got thrown right into it and it, I never like was ever, I've never been ever shocked by what I see. Cause I don't know. Maybe I've been on the internet too long. I grew up in the wrong era, but, uh, uh, you know, I just, it, it does, it has changed, like, my perception of, like, other jobs. Like, I've tried to get out of it several times, and I just end up going back, but I don't know. Were you, were you nervous the first time? I was shitting bricks. Yeah. Like, I, I... How could you not be, you know? I mean... I have to ask questions. <laughs> no, I mean... You're completely focused on your appearance. Right. You know? Even, like, working the door there was hard. It's, like, it's so catty, and there's just, like, so many different women. Like, it brings up all your insecurities. Yeah. So you see, like all the things you know well and nobody like shows you the ropes there's nobody that guides you through it's not like when you get hired somewhere else and we've got like a two-week training period and there's here's an instructional video from corporate you get to read it like it literally nobody takes you under their wing they're just like fuck you you're young and hot well and it the very the very first lap dance i ever gave this guy was like hey i want to get dance with you and i was like okay sweet and so we go up to the little booth or whatever to like check in and he's like I want to do a fireside champagne room which is a 30 minute show it's like $700 I'd never given a lap dance in my life and I know I did such a bad job he said you can just sit down for the rest of our time here but the truth is is that I I mean 
and my whole plan going into it was I was never going to take my bottoms off. And I, so I, but he got the full nude option. And I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm starting today. Like, here it is. It really just got thrown into it. But I really, I, I mean, I ended up loving it. So anyways. It's made me, uh, the other, on the, that same note, kind of what we were just talking about, is it made me respect women a lot more. Like, I, it made yeah. me, it made me suddenly see a side of, you know, a world that I probably never would have known otherwise and befriended these women and seen like what they put up with just to, you know, maybe put food on the table for their family or something. And it's, it's intense, you know, like, I mean, I've also seen that everybody's like, oh, I, I'm sure you do also a bunch of douchebags. And I just think about it like, men are simple creatures, actually. They just need chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> they need, they need booze. Boobs and uh, the occasional chicks. And they need to feel paid attention to. Yeah, and it's the women that are actually awful and needy. No offense (laughs) as a dancer, but you guys are awful sometimes. (laughs) And, you know, but we bartend together, and Amanda and I, and so, you know, people, like the other day, some guy, she, like, had to cut somebody off, and he came up and was like, you're just, you know, a dumb woman, or you're dumb. And we're just like, or she yelled at him and said, I control the booze here, so you don't get any more. <laughs> and I was just like, we make money off of guys' stupidity. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a weird to me, too, because you guys live, work in an industry where it is a, a, like a violation at any other job, you know? Like, you, it's a lawsuit, mm-hmm. and it's like, Standard procedure when you guys were right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre that it's like there's this little window into our society that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I always said that you can take like the nicest guy in the world, a, a father, a grandfather, whatever, and you put him in that environment with the right amount of alcohol, and it can turn any guy into a douchebag. It's like this. It's like they're a gentleman, right? I can see it. It's like it's, it's like, like, like the walk in the door. You see him walking up. Like, to the door, like, on a little patio thing, and they're just a normal human being, and they open the door, and they get the smell of the door <laughs> shut, and they're it's just... The pheromones. And, yeah, and they're just a douchebag. Like, it's like the love spell, and coffee grounds, like, on farts. the floor. Uh, farts, oh, farts, God. The smell of beer, and just, like, shame. And they're just like, <laughs> it's like they blink their eyes, and they open them up, but they're a different fucking person. It's like, well, this is what we're going to deal with for the next six it's hours. It's kind of like the idea I think of like when men walk into a club it's like it's Vegas so don't ask don't tell you know like well yeah what happens here stays here and so they just kind of like release their inhibitions as to what as you could say they just become animals I mean I'm shitting on the floor puking places people I can I can oh the bacon in the bag that's how I've seen everything You'll talk to a guy about his wife and his kids and how much yeah. he loves her, and you know and he'll, he'll show have his wedding photo on his credit card as he's getting started. Yeah, and he, you know he'll he'll totally. <laughs> and then you get him back there, and he's like, "Oh, the things." Yeah, he's like the things I could do to you. I just want to like he'll like they'll say the nastiest, most like out of left field shit to you, and you're just like, "Would you say this to a normal woman in a regular bar?" Or your wife? 
<laughs> exactly. And I'm like, we just were talking about you taking your kids to a soccer game today, and now you're telling me about how you want to like spread my cheeks in four different directions. No. I mean, oh I've yeah. I know. Actually, an actual comment I have received from somebody is, I would. I would suck the farts out of your ass. And so, I mean, come on. Like, it's just, they go to this direction. And How then, much did you charge him? There are a few things that I do have boundaries. <laughs> I, yeah. Wow, that's one of your lines. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been, I've been asked to uh, shit on a guy's chest before. Oh, gosh. Do it. Um, no. No. I, I can't. I kind of. Why not? Yeah. Um, well, like I feel bucks. bodily fluids become biohazard. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that I will do for money. There's, but bodily fluids become an issue. And I worked at a, a club where guys could ejaculate so they could jerk off while they watched us. Well, and yeah, and I have stepped in bodily fluids from another person in my bare feet between my toes. And so for me, I think I'm, I'm good on that one. The guy was laying down, and you were going to shit on him. So there was no fluid from him. It was just all you, and you still objected. Well, He's practical. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, two, still there's a two-part to this. I am poop shy. No, no, that's no shame. No shame. No shame. But yeah, I feel like that just kind of crossed the boundary. Now, if a guy asks me to make him get on all fours and call him my little bitch, I will do that any day of the week. <laughs> I, will, no, no. I will shove things up people. I will do things to other people. I will not shove them. No, no. <laughs> it's a one-way street. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. It's crazy no. how open people Oh. They are like, so even if that was my fetish, I would be shy to say, like, so where are our boundaries here? <laughs> oh, how do you <laughs> feel about... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, a, a, big, a big thing, because I did have a child, was adult nursing. So dealing with guys who wanted to nurse off of me. Oh, that happened to... Yeah, it's he it's a straight from the tap. Okay, oh, wow. I have no. I have She's sold like, I a shot home. glass of like, breast milk, but that's it. She was like, so not off the tap. no. She was on a date with some guy, a customer, and she was like, I have to go home, and she wanted to tell him, and she's like, I have to pump, like, and he was like, oh, I'll take it, try it. And so she let him take it straight off the tap. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow! Did you charge him for it? <gasps> no, they really wasn't. No, I. Well, I knew I knew a girl who used to shoot customers from the stage with her breast milk. Um, I've sold a shot of breast milk for about three hundred dollars before, um, and I have had multiple offers from guys to adult nurse off of me. They like to call it adult nursing, and I'm like, is this a in the kink world? Um, I don't know if we typed in www.adultnursing.com. Yeah, like they're people's kinks, just they're very open with them. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a girl that worked at the club that would sell a customer jars of her pee for $500. Oh, yeah. It was. I No, I knew there's a, there is an there is an entertainer there who sells her tampons on on the subject of tampons. Selling panties is a very, very common. Um, panty snatchers, as we like to call them. 
uh, the guys that like to snatch your panties off the stage or from a dance, uh, that is very common. Very common. Rather seldom. Like, panties are popular. We have a dancer right now. The other day I came into work and I was like getting ready and she's out there smoking and she's like, so I have a great business idea. And she's like, I'm going to offer that for every 30 minute that a guy buys, they get a pair of my panties that I'm wearing, and I'm going to put a little sticker with my name on it. <laughs> like, what do you think? And I was like, excellent. Um, <laughs> the going rate definitely goes up the more bodily fluids you got on them. Yeah. Do you, so. Oh, you guys. Too bad that's not your territory. Do you I don't do the bodily fluids. <laughs> I worked the the door for a long time as a hostess and we did a panty raid thing stapled a bunch of panties like went to walmart got a bunch of fucking panties like gray ones and stapled them to the ceiling and then for any customer that came in they would if they gave you a pair of their panties like right there at the door to me the door girl then they would get a free entry and then if you go to lap dance that night the <laughs> because then if they give them to you, then they would staple them to the ceiling. I'm like, you bought a bunch of used panties? Like, sick? I'm not. No. No, absolutely not. There was like two people that actually did it. I was like, this is wrong. No, but if you gave a lap dance on, during the panty, he called it the panty raid, then you would get your strippers out of where I'm like, this is fucked up. <laughs> Not all IDs are great. <laughs> yeah, he was really brainstorming right there. Like, think about the girl in the front door, like catching panties from like random customers. Oh what if somebody had crabs? Like, what, if it, oh, yes. what if it was Dougie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> ever warned me about in life was crabs really that's it that was my sex talk was worry about the crabs and i have oh, never yeah. heard of anybody in yeah, my generation getting crabs so i don't know if this is like i've never known anybody to get crabs and i don't know if it's maybe like from the generation of the bush you know because like modern grooming practices like shaved his pubes and they're gone. Like, well, that's what <laughs> I was. So my again, my mom never told me you should maybe. Uh, the crabs. She told me to beware of the crabs, but she also told me you don't do anything with your body hair down there. So maybe that was why, because was, modern. Uh, uh, crabs was a seventies thing when with a bush. And everyone had hair. So as they started shaving that shit. Away. Yeah, because they have they have to have something to live on, right? Yeah, yeah, they they have to have those stems. Kind of like lice, you know. You yeah. shave your head yeah, when you get lice. Yeah, yeah. Get a little lice. Well, by the way, podcast people, this is Theron chiming in. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were going to use names. <laughs> <laughs> she is my mother. Like, I can't think of a fake one. I'm just, you have. I don't even. My, my, fa- my fake real one. Hey, Theron, what's your stage name? Theron. <laughs> Did you ever have a fake name at work? No. 
I feel like all the new all the new bartender or waitresses all come up with fake names. I'm like, now I'm jealous. I, I kind of honestly, I kind of want a fun name. Like, I wish I, I had because if I like ever like went out places, like people knew who I was, and I didn't really like that. Well, I mean, I get I get recognized around town. All of the it's time. It's like a small town. I mean, you kind of Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to recognize either way. Yeah, I just want but... a fun name to go by there. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I kept, I kept my fake name when I waitress. And it's never too late. It's a fair name. And that's the rule. You refer to me as this name there, but I, when I'm out, you can refer to me. Like, well, that's how you know yeah. where they know you from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's hard when, like... I don't know, to go back and forth with names. Like, I'm pretty used to talking with the dancers, but once you start changing them multiple times, like, the dancers, like, every month change their name, like, I don't even fucking know who you, you are You with the anymore. face. I just pick one <laughs> and go by it. I'm like, you will always, like, there was an Evie. Say one and be say two. No, there's a dancer that has a name for each of her personalities. I swear oh. to God, she changes it. And who the fuck are you tonight? <laughs> no, it's, uh... Why am I whispering? Uh, <laughs> uh, they they it's, it's a podcast. They're all gonna hear it. <laughs> it's fine. There's yeah. microphones everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. So for every and then she was and then she was and then she was fucking. Let's go back to that question that you were asking earlier, which is how does how's working at the club? How has working at the club changed your view of the sex? It's kind of ruined it completely, actually. Um, <laughs> you know the behind the scenes. I, I know, yeah, no, I, like I know the behind the scenes. So like, even something is like, you know, like porn, like which we're not, you know, we're not porn people or anything, but it's, it's the same industry, and you realize what goes into like the fantasy, and it c- kills the fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, I, at least before I worked there, you know, I when I would think of a stripper, I'd be like, oh, she's so glamorous, and like, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Basic, basic uh, stereotypes. One bag then, gets peed in, and, and then you work there, and then you see a girl picking toilet paper out of her butthole before she goes out, oh and you're God. like, "This is see, not I what love, I thought." I love that part of it. I think it's like made it. You better. love the butthole part? Yeah. I love that it's like totally humanized. Yeah. Exactly. Like when before I started there, like, I didn't know a lot about it, but it's like when I first started. You know, you just think like, oh, these girls are just like perfect hot bitches, whatever. That's all they care about. They're just strippers and, you know, care about money and this. And then you start to get to know all of these women. And it's like, there's people that work at the hospital. There's stay-at-home moms. There's people that are going to school for like insane things. Like, we have really smart women. There's people from just every aspect of life like coming in there. And it's like, it just, yeah, it's like, this is real. Like, people are, yeah. it's almost like they're real people. They are. We will have an episode on um, success stories. Success stories. So, yeah, uh, awesome. there's a lot of them out there. Is, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I talked to uh, nurses, like, mm-hmm. um, people that have opened up their own restaurant, like, didn't do drugs, just, you know. Yeah, every, it's yeah, I think that everybody thinks when you work in that, not everybody, but a lot of people think that when you work in that industry, you do drugs and you're a partier and like, you know, that's not the case. That's no. what this is all about. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's, it is behind the curtain. Yeah. And there are people that do drugs. Oh, there is. Well, I mean, like, I definitely a lot of that, but there's so much of not yeah. a lot of but that, it is. too. I mean, it, like, there is there's a completely degree. sober people that have worked there forever. Mm-hmm. Like, One of the things that <laughs> I thought, and, you know, you guys are actually in it, so don't correct me where I'm wrong, but I thought... That one of the reasons that that's so prominent is because it, you make money so easily, it becomes easy to do drugs and 
stuff like that. Yeah, you have spending cash all of a sudden. I think that, yeah, that's why it's like, if you have any type of issue in the past of having a drug problem, like, it's not a good idea, probably. No. Well, let's go ahead and for the next question. Perfect. Oh, yeah, sorry. How has... (laughs) No, I know the question, yeah. I mean, I think I'm... I mean, I went in with very, like, open-mindedness, and I'm still there. It it did open me up to the sadness on the other side. While there are a lot of success stories, and, like, myself, like, I haven't gotten myself in some sticky situations before, and I, I was a sober dancer for years. Um, I have lost many friends to violence, to gun violence, drug violence, um, and I know off the top of my head, at least four strippers who have been murdered. So I think that it is, it's also very different where you're at. If you're in a larger city versus a smaller town, it's very different. Um, and I, no, no, it's fine. Uh, do you think that's correlation or do you think, what am I trying to say? Is it because, they had those problems in their life anyway, and they also happened to be strippers, or they were introduced to it because they happened because they took that job. A lot of it is the introduction that happens when you get into the job, specifically for people who start really young. Yeah. So, in a lot of places, you can start at eighteen. Um, one of the girls that I know that unfortunately didn't end up passing away. Um, she, I went to school with her, high school. Um, she was a bright student, you know had loving parents like not like not the typical like sob story you might hear of when you think of like sad strippers strung out on drugs and she wasn't strung out on drugs but when you get into that industry you're very susceptible to the guys that come in that are seeking vulnerable women so um we call them pimp boyfriends they will you know befriend you you know they make you feel like you're special and that you're you know it's like a boyfriend but in reality they're taking all of your money and they usually are also drug dealing on the side and pimping out other girls and doing private uh things and that's when you get messed up and there's a lot of negativity when you're that young and if you don't know how to like recognize the signs it can really it can be detrimental so how how naive were you? How quickly did you learn that curve if you were naive? I would say I wasn't very naive. I did grow up in a not nice area yeah. in a major city. Um, so, like, in high school, walking to school, the hookers, because I went to school on a very prominent um, prostitution street in a major city, um, would warn us about guys in trucks I got chased by a John one time on my way back from lunch so like I I unfortunately got so you were hard and fast I was hard and very fast at a young age so like I kind of already knew and like I'm I'm not a very gullible person um so not everybody is privy to that experience well what you said is like I am significantly older than you and I don't think I've worked with more people who have died you know so that's that's a real thing I mean, I worked with many people that I went to school with, even in a large city. And I watched, if not all of them, get involved with a pimp at some point. So, I mean, I have friends who are branded with their name on that for the rest of their life. Um, I have helped hide, I've helped hide girls from boyfriends, pimp boyfriends before. Like, I've, I always was the girl that I gave everybody rides home because I knew that they were just in a bad situation. But, like, I do have a positive, like, outlook on it because I've seen so many people 
be successful myself. Like, you know, I've afforded a life that I could never have before. Yeah. And like you said before, at least I think it really matters where you happen to be dancing. Very, um, very. I would imagine that is a significantly different story here than where you started. Oh, yeah, totally. And, it you know, it depends on just the environment. Like, also, management um, owners play into a huge role into how the club operates and the safety aspect and what they do and don't allow. We are lucky where we work. We are very, very lucky. lucky. Yeah. yeah. So I find it funny sometimes when girls be complaining about, like, <laughs> minuscule things. And I'm like, you guys, there are much bigger fish to fry in the world. And you're lucky that anybody even gives a shit about your opinion in this point. Like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we are a no tolerance club for work. And if like I remember working the door, it's like when people come in, they're like, if they come in with a guy, if they look scared, like for auditions, like we're so critical of like who we would hire and like what we allow to go on there. Like, mm-hmm. and our you own can't walk out of the club without a bouncer. Yeah, right? they, they, once they, like, you're in, you there. have to be walked out with a bouncer. And I've gone to other clubs where the girls are just like in the seedy area. Just smoking cigarettes in the front, wearing their oh, fishnets, wearing their stuff. Yeah. And like, what's the um, what's that conference that Randy that we used to go to? It's, it's the um, the sex trafficking one. Yeah. yeah. There's a certain name. I can't remember what it is, but yeah, like the owner would send us to Portland on a trip every year. Uh, to be but, clear for the audience members, not pro sex trafficking. Yeah, not pro. No. 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 We learned how to do no. it. I got a really, I got a really good story about that whole situation. <laughs> But, yeah, but there was a sex trafficking convention. Pre-COVID. It was pre-COVID. Yeah, so, you know, they... Like, how to recognize it. It's educating. Stories from, like, the FBI, um, the people that used to deal with cases of rescued women and ex, like, people that were sex trafficked. We have a... They had a woman that kind of ran the the speech and everything there, and she used to be a dancer, and so... it was good. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. And then, all right. Are you guys ready for the last question? Ready. So ready. What Born would you ready. tell someone that wanted to be a stripper? What <laughs> advice do you have for them? Mine would be like, don't date guys from the club. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. You don't go home with anyone you meet at that club. Ever. And get your okay. money. They're all slime balls. Oh, yeah, there you go. Get, get your, your money, money up front. Uh, get, get your, your money, money up front. front. Oh, my God. Get your money up front. Yeah, that would be a huge one. I would say have, like, a decent understanding of you as a person because that place could, like, break fuck a girl up. and fuck you up they if can. you don't have a good head on your shoulders yeah, and that's know true. what you're doing, why you're there, you know, how to keep yourself safe. And realize that you that you are beautiful and there will always be a customer that wants what what you have. Yeah. There is a flavor for everyone. Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. You yeah. know, I – yeah, don't be – don't be one of those girls that's like, oh my god, I'm the hottest. They said I'm the hottest. Like every, you're the it's hottest. It's called GPS. Ever. Yeah. Let's let's this talk is, about yep, GPS. For oh, I love it. Explain yeah. it, cat. <laughs> GPS. It's when the new girls come in and every but all the guys are like, oh my god, new girl, like hot stuff, and they're just like, oh my god, I'm beautiful, I'm hotter than everybody else. For context, like, GPS here means golden pussy syndrome. It's golden <laughs> pussy syndrome, and it happens all the fucking time, mm-hmm. and it is a thing. Like, you are not special. We are all special. You are exactly. We're all special. I've seen a lawn girl make money on stage. So, strippers, we call that new girl money. And that means you look like a fish out of water and you look the most vulnerable. 
You're yeah. usually the youngest in the room. And so guys will seek you out because they think they can push your boundaries. And it's not a flattering. It's not flattering to know that you have new no, girl I, money. You were like, why is that girl getting dances? She's like, I'm so hot. I was like, no, it's because you're the only one that they think that they can actually have a chance with taking home. <laughs> like, it, it happens. Well, and, and to the, like, what advice would you give? I think what you, to what you were saying, there's a lot of guys out there that, like, all they want to do is take a dance. Like, they yeah. are... They are smelling. They're looking for that that person that they can break. I hope they're not smelling anything. Like a hunting analogy. No, they do. It's it's just kind of like narcissists that hunt out vulnerable people in relationships and in the dating world. Like men will literally seek out what they think might not even necessarily be what they're physical type is or who they think is the most it might not be the prettiest girl in the room the hottest girl in the room who can they manipulate yeah who can they manipulate and specifically when it comes to customers looking for um sexual favors and also pimps and do we get pimps at the club we do there's several pimps that have come through the girls aren't very that haven't worked in a lot of larger areas aren't very good at detecting them um they're not as overt as they are in a lot of places, but we also, I mean, just down the street, like at the local 7-Eleven at night, there's a there's a pimp that I've seen multiple times that um, sits in a car waiting for the girls that get off work to go to the 7-Eleven. So it, it's pretty grotesque, but like, you, I don't know, my best advice, I guess, to somebody who wants to be a stripper is to understand Don't be a you're- hooker. Well, yeah. to understand what you're getting yourself into because yeah. it's going to change you as a yeah, person. Exactly. You will never view men, relationships with men, relationships with other people, like other women, the that same. Is so it's true. so true. That yeah, is absolutely. So true. Um, and you also can get easily addicted to the quick cash. Like that's yeah. that's the biggest thing, and that's the hardest. Mm. And you you can recognize with dancers that are in the industry too long, maybe past their what we quote, we might call their prime because if you focus so much on well if i just go to work i can make i can make this money back i'm going to i'm going to be just fine you don't focus on what is your end goal and how can you get out of this because there is an expiration date we have a yeah, shelf life. No, that, that, yeah. no there is as, yeah. No, as idiot so guy true. in the room i would say like if you're going to go in there start it with an exit strategy exactly yeah. because you have, exactly. you have an expiration date. I know so many girls that like came in, they're like, I'm going to do this for two years, and then I'm done, and it's like 10 years later. Yeah, I no. was going to be there for three years. <laughs> well, and your expiration date isn't necessarily dependent upon your age, but honestly, it has to do a lot to do with your looks. If you aren't actively maintaining, but also everybody ages differently. After you have a baby or two, you might not be in your prime anymore, but that's not, it's not to say that you are worth, worthless or you're not worthy of that, but there is a image that you have to uphold, you have to uphold and yeah. you're, they're seeking. You have to, under, it's no different than like porn stars. Yeah. yeah. Like if a porn that's star hard. lost her big giant fake tits that made her famous, like she probably isn't going to yeah. get the same bookings. Yeah. Like yeah. it's hard. Right? Sorry. Well, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm old and you know, I'm still at the club. And I see, like, all these new, like, you know, hot young girls, and it, it wears on you. It's like, yeah, what should I get? Well, that's where you're, yeah. Some of the attractiveness, I think, too, is just in the way your personality is. And Thank God I got that. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is that, 
that wears down over time too because That's you become true. so sick of that club. It's so that is so true. That you become really a is. hardened individual. You do. Yeah. I I used to be when I first started there. People would literally just give me like when I was waitressing, guys would just hand me twenties all the time. I love your smile. You're always smiling. You're always so happy every time I come in here. And now I'm like. Fucking smile, Amanda. Smile. smile. <laughs> Make sure you're smiling. Like, I have a, it's been years since somebody handed me a freaking anything and was like, yeah, I love your beautiful smile. Like, <laughs> oh, you got that but along with this whole conversation my biggest piece of advice is the money thing like if you, when you get into this start saving your money right away everybody spends all of their money and it's like the whole point of this industry is to make money and use it while you can while you're young and while you have those looks and so don't be an idiot about it like yeah. have your end point your escape goal your yeah, escape goal and save your money and walk out of there with cash in hand. Not, yeah. I know friends, so many girls that have worked there for years. Account. Cash and bank account. Yeah. Who have nothing to show. They have nothing they to have show. Nothing to show yeah, for it. Yeah. It's we, like, dude, you can't. With the amount money. of money they're making, I'm like, you should have your own car. You should have, like, you know. Uh, me and my like, friends, <laughs> we, always, we, we run this joke around that you can always tell uh, a new stripper buy the car that they drive because they always have we call it the CarMax stripper special because uh, CarMax and I you know what I'm guilty of this um, they will give just about anybody a car and you can always tell it's a girl driving about a 2010 BMW or Mercedes yeah, and she thinks she is the Mercedes it's like the it's like the entry level Mercedes but it's got that CarMax sticker on the back and you're like that's the new stripper she took her first $500 and she put it down down payment on that fucking car and it's like or you know you know they show up to work with their first designer bag and then it's just yeah and then they're walking a 500 weave and they got the crazy acrylics and they're buying new shit all the time and they're always going on trips do you find yourself generally having a bad um a bad opinion of new dancers yes um, <laughs> I would say they have to earn. Very measured. I would say they have to earn a better place in my brain. It's like respect. It's yeah. like they have to earn respect. They have to earn that they're not a piece of shit because so often they are. Right. They they think that they can do mm-hmm. anything. That they they think they're the hottest shit around there. It's a GPS. It's like oh, the manager really likes me. I'm like yeah, because you're fresh meat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He knows that we don't all want to fuck them. Yeah. You might. You might. And then we have you to watch all totally the customers might. like you know go to them because it's new and shiny and it's the new toy and they all have to experience the new toy and then well, but it's like this ninety days. It's yeah. it's kind of I I would equate new strippers to being like the freshman class of a high yeah, school. Really. And uh-huh. previously, like back when I started 5 years ago, um when you showed up on your first day, you looked like shit. You're wearing some funky outfit, you got the wrong shoes on, you don't know how to do your hair and makeup. It's very obvious. You what? Well, <laughs> yeah, are you well, you have to like really work towards it. The new the new in your attitude, you're a little bit more humbled because you walk in the building and you realize, I don't know what I'm doing. There's a new wave of strippers in in this new era of social media in regarding TikTok. That walk in thinking well, yeah, because they le- they le- they watch a few videos on TikTok from a couple veteran dancers and they think they know everything. So they walk like they've got a giant stick up their ass. And they're like, well, I already bought the outfits and I already was on Instagram and I already came in and I already have like the weave and everything and the thick lashes. and." 
Yeah, and they're like, I already been doing OnlyFans or whatever, and I I've been selling pictures of my feet on the internet to my friend, my boyfriend's okay, friends, you know, <laughs> and they walk in like they know everything better, and they're like very aggressive, overly pushy. They they really act like they deserve divas. the world divas, and, and it's never, oh, here's something for you new dancers. <laughs> Order a drink. Be like, oh my God, please. I don't want to make you something fruity unless you ask for something fruity. I don't want to like surprise you. I just like order a fucking vodka soda. Be like, I don't know. I want this, but I don't like this. I mean, saying blueberry. It's just like you're going to get. Just order a vodka crown. You're a white girl. We get over it. No, it's like just learn to be an adult and be in the bar and order a fucking drink. Like, what? Respect your bartender. And yes. That's true. I made yeah. it last night when I was putting the liquor away. I pulled out the new bottle of pepper vodka, and I was like, the next you girl are- that asked me to surprise them is getting a half a shot of bacon and a half a shot of pepper <laughs> Well, the new so girls good. don't know how to tip the staff. Oh, yeah, and I'm so here funny. to t- tip your if When I first started, if you didn't tip the DJ, you got Nickelback. Like, he would purposely play you the shittiest music you could Some get. Some people like Nickelback. Yeah. I, I understand. I you on well, stage, but. I understand that <laughs> there's, a, you know, everybody's got what floats their boat. But the point is, is, like, you would purposely get, like, some Cotton Eye Joe, some whack music on purpose because you didn't tip. They don't. They think that, you know, you just walk in the room and everybody just hands you $1,000 just for being 23 and, you know, kind of skinny. Like, they don't... One of the things that would really piss me off working at the door is I, every single fucking shift, without fail, would go and buy candy before my shift. Oh, yeah. And I would keep it in the little bucket. I never do that anymore. I miss the candy. I would do it without oh, yeah, fail. And, it, like, the girls loved it. And, like, the, the veteran dancers that knew better, because I'm, I'm sitting up there, I'm bored, I have to deal with every single customer all night that comes in. I'm usually not getting nearly as much money from them. You know, so sometimes they would be lucky to get a dollar, you know. So I, I think if I sum up this piece of advice, is realize it's a team effort. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. And you have to work with these people all the time, whether or not you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, but also, there's you're on JV. Yeah. So know your place, you know? And you when you don't cause problems and you create relationships with the other people you work with. You learn how to order a fucking cocktail. Yeah, you can you know, you get invited into the inner circle based on your behavior. If your attitude is so bad, you will get run out of there. And that's the thing that the new girls don't realize is that girls are ruthless. Mm-hmm. And ten years ago, girls would have no hesitation to piss in your bag, fight you, um, steal your shoes. I've seen girls have their shoes stolen so they can't walk home mm-hmm. in their street shoes. Pants have been stolen. Um, all your money would get stolen. I've seen that happen before. Like, they just, they walk in and they're like, everything's hunky-dory, you know, I'm going to make all this money. And it's not like that. They think everybody is there to service them personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your life is so much easier if people like you. Yeah, I think I'm, that's very well, true. totally true. I mean, I think what one of the things that the new girls learn very quickly is that if you're going to be catty, like everybody's going to be catty back to you. Mm-hmm. If you are nice and you tip well and you work with everybody as a team, which essentially the place is, then it's going to go a lot better for you. <laughs> yeah, but it's easy to go to the mean girls because it's just like, oh, 
I don't feel like a lot of the new girls do that, though. I don't feel like they gravitate towards the mean girls. We don't have too many mean girls yeah, well, exactly. in our club. I, we're but lucky. The, we have, like, um, I mean... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's mean girls, but <laughs> the mean girls are very tame. They're just going to talk shit about you, but in other places, they will fight you. Yeah, like, steal your shoe, apparently. They'll still, yeah, they'll steal your shit. They'll fight you. They'll fuck your boyfriend. Like, they'll do whatever they can to just... Yeah, they'll get you fired. The fuck your boyfriend is the thing here. I've heard multiple girls say that when they're mad at their house. I'm going to fuck their man. I'm like, God damn, dude. <laughs> what are the girls? We have um, one dancer that's dated a coworker for a long time. They're not dating. Mm. They but they're it. not dating. But... <laughs> oh, the not dating, dating ones. Yeah, the, the not dating, yeah. dating ones. Mm-hmm. And there was another girl. I guess it's probably been a few months now, but she was very pissed. And she's like, I'm fuck him and i was like oh my god and she like said that in front of multiple people i was like okay well it comes back to the attitude of like their pussy is superior to anybody else's yeah all right well i think we can wrap this up and go have a cocktail <laughs> some more cocktails <laughs> the road, we'll you better order right yeah, uh, thank you, everybody. This has been, I would, I think, personally, it's probably our most successful episode. Yeah, this is great. I think we should do it again. I have so many more stories. So as we are wrapping it up, uh, just to remind everybody again, if you have questions or anything else, you can send uh, uh, questions to info. Let me say it. Okay. Hmm. Info at behindthemeatcurtains.com. Do we need anything else before we sign off? Oh! This episode is brought to you by Akita Building. <laughs> he said it was okay. Brought to you guys. Yeah. Uh, all right, thanks everyone. All right, bye. 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 bye.